0: for today because you're a god of though there's a lot of bad news and negative news all we got to do is go home and put on the the news and we'll see everything that's out there that's negative but in the midst of all the negativity in this world there's a lot of positive news at least personal news like for me i'm going to be a dad and then corporately like us we're saved and we have victory at the end eternity with jesus but Lord, when we look at the word of God, there's such good news. That's what the gospel is. The good news. That Lord, that sometimes we drown in the bad news, that we forget to focus on the good news. Hey, as we share this message on evil's future, that we will not get so caught up in the bad news. And And we forget to rejoice in the good news and in the victory that we have in Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you would have full control of today's message, that you would be glorified. We pray for distractions and for the lies that Satan might whisper to our ears today. We say in the name of Jesus that your word would land on good soil today, that it would be rooted. And that it will produce much fruit in the days to come. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And together we say, amen. 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 Hallelujah. We're going to jump into our war series. And we're going to talk about part two. Amen. If you're taking notes, write this down. it's titled uh, Evil's Future, and our dude is doing a real good job with our graphics, and we just praise God, and, and, and that's our, 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 our series called War, and, and today's message is titled Evil's Future, and, and I think that's a great name for today's message, Mind what its future is. How many of you could say amen to that? Now, last week I shared a little bit about war, <clears throat> and I talked about we needed to make a decision. Once and for all. And today I pray that many of you have made a decision. You know, this is so important when we talk about these series. Because if you miss a week, it's, it's, it kind of stinks. You, know, you catch up and it, it's almost like, ah, you know, I missed it. What did you guys talk about? And then you listen to it on podcasts, not the same thing. You, know, you missed the worship experience. You missed what God did at the end of the message. Um, so I think the greatest advice a pastor could give a church member when we do a series like this is just try not to miss church, man. Uh, it's one of the best things that you could do. Uh, any faithful church attenders can say amen to that? All right, praise God for you guys. All right. But we talked a little bit about war, and we talked about, you know, we didn't really get in debt, but there's some positive things about war and there's some negative things about war. And, and we could say that, yeah, there are many positives uh, to war. And, yeah, there are many negatives as well that go alongside with war. We know that some of the negative things that, that war has is, when you think about a war, wars are extreme. Okay, just extremely expensive. Uh, they could just go ahead and, and if you ever looked up at a war, they could bankrupt uh, just countries. Uh, I mean, many at a time that are in a war. Um, and not only are wars—give me a second. Check, check. Amen. Um, not only are they extremely expensive, but wars tend to cause more wars. As a matter of fact, if you study World War I, World War I was a contributing cause of World War II, just wars bring in more wars. And wars, they just have a, a negative effect, just, just effect on the, on the world's economy. You know, just, I, I think it's gone over already, but just in the Afghanistan and Iraq war, the wars that have gone over there, the United States alone have already gone over 300 billion dollars in that in those wars and that's just in those two little those two little nations over 300 billion dollars can you imagine the 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 children you could rescue with 300 billion the people you could house okay the cities you could build the food you could distribute with 300 billion dollars we also know that war kills innocent people okay but one of the negative things about war. One of the negatives is when it comes to war is that we are in a constant battle with this thing called evil. And war, man, it just has an appearance of evil. And when we talk about our spiritual war, there's this evil that we are in constant face with and constant battle with. And when you talk about evil, it comes in many forms. I want you right now, when I said evil, what'd you think about? Most of you thought about this red dude with two big old fork thing sticking out of his head, and Satan doesn't even look like that, but whatever, that's what you thought about. But when you think about evil, what do you think about? Because it comes in many forms. And sometimes, some of the forms that evil takes, they slip right by us, and they go unnoticed, and nothing gets done, and nothing gets confronted. And that happens daily in our lives when it comes to evil. Uh, I'm going to share a, a quote with you. I'm going to share a couple. One is by awesome uh, general here, Winston Churchill. And he says this. You ask what is our aim, and I can answer it in one word. It's victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. Awesome. Victory, victory. Victory, if you got it, that was the key thing that he was saying. Whatever cost, whatever it might be, whatever road we might take, victory is our end because survival won't come unless we're victorious. And and this is, as I give you the introduction, what I want to focus on. I want to focus on evil today. And as we focus on this evil, I want to make sure that new life becomes a people that fight against evil. Amen? Amen? You guys should smile more. Church is a good time. It's time to rejoice. But that fight against people, not just that we make company with it, not just that we accept it, or like we so often do, we ignore it thinking that it will just go away in time. I've done that with evil. Ah, That sucks, man. That wasn't right what that person did. Or I'm not in agreement with what these people are standing for. It'll just go away by itself. And me and you have probably all done that in our lives at some point or another where you've allowed evil just to go, hi, I'm right here. What are you going to do? And you look at it and you say, I'm against you and I hate you, but I'm not going to do anything. And he just looks at you, evil, right in the face and says, I know you weren't. You never have. You never will. And he goes on to do what evil goes on to do. Evil. And I don't want to be that person. See, like Winston Churchill said, our aim is victory, victory at all costs. In spite of terror, however long the road may be, be victory, amen. I could do a cheer if you want, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory. You know, they, they sing songs like that in cheerleading. But, but victory is what we want the church to be. And I think that when Christ died on the cross, he didn't have the intention of, you know what, I hope that when I die, um, uh, No. When he died on the cross was, you know what? I know that when I die on this cross, that from this day forward, the church will be victorious through my death, my burial, and my resurrection. It wasn't like, oh, let them be defeated. Let them just be defeated, but instead let them be victorious. And I'm someone, just like you might be, that struggles with this. I see evil. Many times I ignore evil. But there's something that I'm very, very, very good at. If you're spiritual, like me, this is what you do. You see evil, and then you pray against it, but you never do nothing about it. And you think, well, I just prayed it, I give it to God, I did my civic duty as a Christian. I gave my all to the Lord, and I said, Lord, pray for that man who is just such a sinner. But we didn't do nothing about it. And we think we did our job as a Christian. How many of you could say no? And that's what I've caught myself doing. That my way to react to evil is bowing my head and seeking the Lord and praying for evil. I think that's one of the ways. But I think action takes place as well. Amen? If you're taking notes, write this down. I'll get into my message in a little bit. Write down Psalms 94 and it's found in verse 16. The psalmist says something amazing here. And check out what he says in Psalm 94, 16. He says, who will rise up for me against the wicked? Awesome scripture. Awesome scripture. Because let me explain to you what's happening here. He's, ha- he's writing in the be- on behalf of God. And as he's writing on behalf of God, this is God speaking to his people. Okay. Get, guys get this. And, and God is saying this, who will rise up for me against the wicked? Watch what it says next. Who will take a stand for me against evil? Against evildoers. Can, can you imagine that God is asking this question? Who will stand for me against evil? And who will fight for me against wicked? And we're looking at God and saying, well, I don't know God. I mean, and God's like, you, you, it's you, it's, it's you, it's me, it's us, together. And God is asking this question. So then I ask you a question back in return, and I ask myself a question, and I say, well, will you, will I, will we rise up and take a stand against evil and against wickedness? So evil, what forms have you seen evil in, and, and at this time, Go ahead, shout some out. It's okay. We'll have some good time today. You guys are <laughs> beautiful today. Uh, what forms have you guys seen evil in today, in today's day? Any? Loud? Bully? Someone's being bullied. Bully? Amen. Music. Good. Music. Television. The media. That's a good one. We see evil in all these things. Lust. Evil and lust. Amen. Any? Anyone from the back? Anybody from the back? <laughs> Traffic. Thank you for being honest, Lulu. Tra- now you mean traffic, right? Like Miami traffic, Le Palmetto, and or you mean trafficking. Like right? traffic. Amen. Amen. Both traffics are bad. Good. That's good. Well, we see evil in many forms. A lot of these, I don't know about traffic, but a lot of these are forms of sin. Okay. Think about different ways you could see evil and some of the ways that you guys have mentioned it. Maybe Murder, rape, lying and cheating, stealing, adultery, fornication, outbursts of anger and of wrath. When you think about evil, it gives us an awesome picture of what is called sin, sin. So my question today is, have you found yourself in sin? Because sin is evil, amen? And I need to make sure you understand that today. You can't go ahead and separate evil and sin. Everything that is evil is sinful. And everything that is sinful comes from evil. It's tied together. As a matter of fact, in the book of Genesis, because many of you know this story, and I don't want to bore you to turn to it, but there was two people in the Garden of Eden, 100 points for anyone that guesses the first two people. Who are they? 100 points, guys. None of you want 100 points? Adam and Eve, good. And Adam and Eve were in the garden with the serpent, and he had one objective in mind. And his one objective was this. Watch what I'm about to share with you. Cause them to know sin, listen, and then they'll want to do more sin. That's how it is. I, I watch a show, and I do not, listen, I do not recommend for you to watch it. It's just me and my carnal self watches it, and I'm a transparent person. But I watch a show called Drugs, Inc. Anyone watch that show? Saddest show ever. Saddest show. That your heart literally melts for those people. You start weeping over the TV. You see a, a, a woman, blonde hair, light eyes, who you know for a fact used to be beautiful, 24 years old. But you see death in her face. Black, wrinkled, skinny, her skeleton. And she goes on to share how she's a heroin addict or whatever other addict. And she took one shot she always goes back for that same high she can't find that high or that feeling of the heroine. And I look at that and I say, my God, what does it take for someone like this to know Jesus? And it's the objective that Satan uses on us, even as Christians, watch this. Just try some sin. Just try some evil. And because you are a carnal person, most likely, you would want to go do more sin and more evil because it tastes good and because it feels good and that's what he did with adam and eve he says you don't actually think that if you eat from this tree that you're actually going to be like god do you you see he had so much more to that sentence than just that satan understood that if he would just be able to grab one of them to eat from that tree. That that one of them would just come back to take another bite. Because it's a tree that they told them they could not eat from. And it felt good to do something that you were told you could not do. And it felt good. And it tasted good. It was a taste that their buds never tasted before. And that's the objective of Satan. You want, he wants you to do sin and Do evil because it will lead you to cause you to do more sin and more evil. Anyone ever been in that boat? Anyone have a testimony of that boat? Anyone ever laid in the beds and the covers and the pillows of that boat that said, I've been there where I tasted it and I went back and back and back and I couldn't see myself get set free until Jesus came into my life. Anyone could testify of that? And that's one act of sin It's brought evil into the whole world. And this whole experience of what happened in the garden, it affected all the inhabitants of it and the future inhabitants. And we still see that evil is one of those things that we are in constant battle with. We've seen evil in many ways here as a church. And I've seen evil in many ways as a person and as a pastor. I've seen evil causing some to leave homes. I've seen great men leave their homes, walking out on their wives and on their children because they've opened up the door to evil and to sin. I've seen women who are bound to men who abuse them physically, emotionally, verbally, and they don't know how to get out because they've opened the door to evil. I've seen good families raise their children right, but they're struggling because their child is strung out on drugs and they can't find an escape to it all because of evil that was just welcomed in at that one moment. Listen, church, all it takes, I'm still in my introduction. I'm sorry for taking so long. But all it takes is welcoming evil once, and it could be the end of you. It could only be that one time. It really can for some people. I've heard people who speak, and not one word can be trusted. They clothe themselves with lies, and they can't put an end to it, because even they themselves begin to start, they start to believe their very own lies themselves. That's evil. That's evil. It has taken over their lives, and they're liars, and they can't even help but take off the clothes of lying. But today I say something that is going to blow your mind, and I know you know this already, but there's hope today. There's hope to win. There's hope to have victory for defeat. And I think Augustine said it right once, and I text you guys with this this week, and it's this. God would never permit evil. If he could not bring good out of evil. That's a good amen spot. I'll read it one more time. God would never permit evil if he could not bring good out of it. Augustine said it amazing. And this is what I pray for us here at New Life. And this is what I pray for you as an individual. That that any evil that we encounter, listen, listen. That any evil that you and I encounter, that God can bring good out of that evil. How many of you can say amen? you got a, a child who's a mess. You've you got a husband or a wife who's a mess. you got a co-worker who's a mess. Well, my prayer to you is that God be glorified in that evil. And that should be our desire as believers and as Christians. Now, uh, let's get into the word a little bit here. Jump into the book of Romans chapter 1. And once you're there, just shout an amen so I can get started. Uh, Romans chapter 1, and then put your eyes on verse 18. You there? We're going to get into some serious things, okay? As soon as you say Romans, you already know, okay, this is going to be serious. All right, Romans 1. Romans 1, 18. I I really need you guys just to listen to this because this is one of these passages that I could just read it. Say, everyone, let's stand, let's pray, and let's go home. Because it preaches for itself. It really does. I I promise you, if you look at my notes, I don't even have any notes on this. Because I'm just going to read it to you and then say, that's what it says. Okay, watch this. In Romans 1, starting in verse 18, we get to look at God's anger towards evil or towards sin. How many of y'all, write this down in your notes. This is a cool note to write. God gets angry. He does. He does it a lot. You never had God get angry at you? I had it. God gets angry. People think that anger is a sin. The Bible says be angry, but do not sin. Never has God been angry and sinned while being angry. God has an ability that you and I have not been able to master. And that is I can get angry, but I won't sin in getting angry. So just be quiet and let me discipline you in my anger. And you're like, all right, God, my bad. And we see here his wrath and his anger towards evil and sin. Uh, something i wrote in quotations was this. We see some manifestations of evil, some sin. And i hope you guys could just swallow this. Here we go. Ready? Verse 18, follow with me. It says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful and wicked people. Uh, uh the bible says it. God shows his anger from heaven against who, man? Against sinful and against wicked people, really, really, against sinful and wicked people. Watch what it says next. Who suppress the truth by their what church? And and we're gonna just gonna get deeper into this in a little bit. I'm gonna show you uh, something that happened to me. Remember last week on Instagram, that's gonna blow your mind. But watch this that suppressed the truth, that suppressed the truth by wickedness. And it's by their own wickedness. What? Let's keep going. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Watch verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything that God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. His eternal power and his divine nature. Watch what it says next. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. My students, since I'm a teacher of high school, have a lot of good questions. And one of them is this. Will God ever send someone to hell who does not know him? Well, Roman says this, when they walk outside of their door, they already know that a God exists, just by taking in a breath, and just by seeing the beautiful trees, and just by seeing the beautiful sun, bringing in vitamins to bring nutrition to their skin. It just that alone should show you that there's a God. So if you've never heard the preaching of the gospel, you've seen the preaching of the gospel through nature. So I don't know how to answer that. But Roman says this, it's an amazing scripture. He says, for they have Not one excuse for not knowing God. Not because they didn't hear him preach, but because they didn't see his beauty and realize that there was a God. Let's keep going because it's going to just get better and better. And watch this. Verse 21. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God. And they wouldn't give him thanks. Watch this. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. You've been there, right? Jesus is white. Jesus is black. Jesus is Asian. I don't care. Jesus is Lord. Dude. You got Christians fighting about what color Jesus is, and they're probably all wrong. It's not, not Hollywood's Jesus. not ours. Not, not theirs. And then you say, well, is he male? Is he female? Is he... Are you serious? And, and they're trying. Watch this. Look at what this verse means. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or give him thanks. And they began to think up these foolish ideas. I would have just said stupid. But he said foolish. Okay? Foolish ideas of what God was like. And watch this. And as a result, their minds became dark and what? Confused. Dark and Confused. You've ever had coffee? Ever had dinner? Ever had a conversation with someone that you sit with and be like, what? Where did you even get that idea of who God is? They've been darkened and they've been confused by their own perversion and by their own ideas of who God is. Listen, we don't put ideas to who God is. God is who God is already before you could ever put an idea to it. Before we could ever put a scripture to what God is defined as. You can't define God. God is God in definition. He is creator. He is everything above everything. You, you just can't do that. And then you have people here getting their doctrine just to figure out who God is. And it's as simple as this. Look at verse 22. They claimed to be wise, but instead they became utter fools. Oh my God. And verse 23 says, and instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. <sighs> remember who's writing this. I remember what he's walked through. Remember the streets that he's gone by. He's seen statues of emperors being worshiped. Also from... The faith, they've shared him stories of worshiping serpents and worshiping many other kind of animals. So as Paul writes this, he says they worship these stupid idols. Now you look at that and say, well, that's not today. Yes, it is today. Maybe you don't worship a cockroach or a cricket or a serpent or a man. But there have been things in your lives that you've idolized and you've put there to give more worship and greater worship. And that worship was to be given to God, that has become an idol. And that gives us the definition and that gives us the illustration of that we are utter fools when we don't give God all the worship. Now let's keep going here before I get carried away. They claimed to be wise but they became utter fools. They worshiped idols. Verse 24, this is amazing. So God abandoned them. God abandons people? My Bible said he abandoned them. But watch why he abandoned them. To do whatever shameful things that their hearts desired. Because God could not be found where sin was being basked in. Where people were rejoicing in their sin. In their orgies. And in their nasty, disgusting sin. God says, really? I'm walking out. And I'm going to let you be put to death with your own shame. But let's keep going, if you don't believe me. As a result, they did vile and... Degre- look what it led to. Look what sin continued to lead to. And we see this now from generation to generation. They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. This is in the Bible. Do you believe in the Bible or you don't? And look what it says next. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped And they serve the things that God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. And then he goes, amen. And we see this to this day. We see this to this day that they traded truth about God for a lie. And they worship and serve other things that God has created rather than God the creator. And you're like, stop that. God created that. And God could take that away from you. Get back to the one who gave it to you. Worship God. Amen. And look what he says here. That is why God abandoned them two times now. He abandoned them for their shameful desires. And watch this, because we're seeing this becoming a huge debate in today's day. Even the women turn against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. Not many churches are really preaching this lately, but. And then it says in verse 27 and the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, I like this. They burned, they inflamed with lust for each other. This is what evil did. It started with this, and then it began to grow. And next thing you know, men with men, women with women, and all these crazy things are taking place, and watch this. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty, the penalty the penalty that they deserved, verse 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things that, they sh- that should never be done. He abandoned them to their foolish thinking. You know, Second Chronicles 7:14. I'm going to read it to you. It says this, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive them for their sins and I will heal their land. There is hope. Some of you are so scared to clap for this. Give God some praise that there's hope for them. And there's hope for sin. <laughs> Humble. Call my name out. Pray. Seek my face and I'm going to heal you. And then in verse 29 as we keep going in the scripture it says, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Now it des- this starts describing all this kind of sin. Watch this. Sin. Ready? greed hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. That's a sin. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. Listen. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. Let's just keep going. They refuse to understand and break their promises, their heartless, and they have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. That's some serious preaching there that I thought twice about adding to the message today. Because At the end, it says something amazing. There's there's also another group of people that worse yet, they encourage others. They don't do nothing about it. They just let it happen. And I looked at that and I said, could that be me? Could that be new life? Can we be the people that let sin arise and we don't do nothing about it? And by us not doing anything about it, it's almost as if we're encouraging people to do it. Because we're not making a stand. Are Are you guys with me? Evil's future. We need to come against evil and say, no, 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 no. We are children of God. If you want to persecute us, kill us, if you want to put us against the wall, do whatever you got to do. But I will not back down from God's truth. But what happened is this. Many, many have not done anything about it and have encouraged them to do so. Ravi Zacharias, an apologist, says this. Watch this. Just just hear this, please. Listen to this. These days, it's not just that the line between right and wrong has been made unclear today. Christians are being asked by our culture today to erase the lines and move the fences. Listen. And if that were not bad enough, we're being asked to join in the celebration cry by those who have thrown off the restraints religion has imposed upon them. Now it gets interesting. It is not just that they ask that we accept, but they now demand for us to celebrate it too, Christians. Let's just close the service. Ravi Zacharias hit it on the head. I'm going to show you something that happened to me a few weeks ago. I might do two parts to this because I don't want to be here forever. I might preach the second half of this message next week. But look what happened to me about two weeks ago. No, put the first thing. Put the first thing. First, first, The first thing I put up. I support. Do you have it? Yeah, I just kind of erase this. I don't want no one to see this yet. All right. There you go. Find it really quick. I'm going to explain to them what's happening. I never said anything. If you know me, there it is. I'm going to share something with you really quick. And I don't mean to get so. Oh, God, it's one of these churches. No, I just want to share something that happened. I don't, really want to, I don't care about this. I care about what I'm going to show you next. I, I care less about that. I just put I support Chick-fil-A. I like their chicken. Okay? I really do. I like their chicken. I like it. For me, I just like their chicken. I don't know how to explain it. And I love their lemonade. Their lemonade there is amazing. We should take a field trip. Oh, I can't. They're closed Sunday, so we can't. Okay. But hold on, hold on. All I wrote was I support Chick-fil-A. Never did I say anything offensive. Never. Why? Because if you know me very close, I have friends that struggle with homosexuality. Close friends who I love. Okay? Who I love. So never did I offend a homosexual. If they only knew that about me, they would have been careful what they wrote. But I never, ever said that I hate them or I disagree and I hope they all burn in hell. No, no, it's just sin is sin. And we are against sin. Just like I'm against a man who takes a woman and sends her to sex slave. I'm I'm against that. I'm against against lying. I'm against that. We we fight against sin. Amen, God's people. That's who we are as a church. But look what happens. All I wrote was I support Chick-fil-A. That's all I wrote. Watch what happens next. Go ahead. This is the world we live in. And I'm showing you this for a point, for, to make a point. I put in honor of Chick-fil-A. That's all I put. I support them. Someone under them put, I'm lost. What's what I missed? They're just we're living in another world that week. And then someone put, why the marriage hashtag? Well, whatever. And then someone writes this. Marriage is between one man and many submissive wives. Awesome. Sure. And then someone after who I have no idea who he is. Never seen him in my life, heard of him. Says, or oh, one man and his woman and these profanity, okay, beep, that he sleeps with. I can't believe bigotry like this still exists. Beep you, Pastor Regal. Okay? That's the time where I got okay, but I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. And and I just started laughing. I was like, bigotry, I haven't done anything. just curse me out, I don't even know this guy. It gets worse, keep going. What Chick-fil-A is, someone else decides that they want to share their thoughts. What Chick-fil-A is doing, I support God intended marriage to be between one man and one woman. I'm glad the restaurant supports this, and this is amazing, so glad the CEO of the restaurant has this point of view. Okay, good for you, if you think that, okay? it's not the point I'm gonna make today. Then the second person says, I wouldn't waste my time on dirt and slime like you. God bless you, brother. I don't know if that's a Christian way of doing it, but whatever. They tried. <laughs> you, know. you know, hey, dirt, slime. You know, she couldn't curse because she was a Christian. So she kept it, you dirt, slime, but God bless you. Okay, that's cool. Let's keep going. This person wrote awesome. This, whoa, go back. This person is my friend, actually. I remember who this was. Go back, go back. I think this is my friend. Go back one more. Ah, uh, It's all right. All right, don't worry about it. God intended this covenant to be between man and woman. He's a perfect God. He's a... Here's a thought. Try placing and, sorry, we're going to stop again. Homosexuals on a deserted island. What would become of them? They would vanish because it's unnatural. Chick-fil-A supports something real and natural. It's pretty cool. And then someone wrote, it's sad that people still think like this. Do what makes you happy. And then someone wrote to him, what do you mean this is sad that people make that think like this? Next one. And then... The mayor of Boston wrote a letter banning Chick-fil-A from doing business in Boston. All this because I wrote, I support Chick-fil-A. Never again, never again. I'm gonna write tomorrow, I support Burger King. I don't know, okay. (laughs) The mayor of Boston, I mean, it's dude, who cares? I just wrote, I support Chick-fil-A. The mayor of he's going into Boston now, from Miami to Boston. He's he's banning Chick-fil-A from doing business in Boston because they stated their opinion using free speech rights. My question is, when did it become wrong to state your opinion? And then the lady writes back, she puts, wow, Pastor Rico, I can't believe someone could talk to a pastor like that. How disgusting. That's the one that wrote, you slime, dirt, you know? All right, now, now watch this, Ready? Beep, 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 you too. Beep, 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 beep. I support Chick-fil-A, I'd say. That guy wrote blank you too, and that's a very profane word to tell a woman, the C word. I'm not even going to say it. And he went off. And then the person that stated something before puts, you have every right to speak your opinion, but don't get mad at the results from speaking your opinion. He's actually pretty right. And then they went ahead and they went on. I wouldn't went. Oh, we went back to that one. Is, is that it? We're done? I right, turn back the lights. Turn on the lights. All because I said I support Chick-fil-A. Incredible. Incredible. Ravi Zacharias says this. Now listen after what you just saw, what I just read. These days, it's not just that the line between right and wrong has been made unclear. Today, Christians are being asked by our culture to erase the lines and move the fences. And if that were not bad enough, we are being asked to join in the celebration cry by those who have thrown off the restraints that religion has imposed upon them. It's not just just that they ask that we accept but that they demand of us to celebrate it too. What Ravi, Zacharias said is so true. We will not accept evil. We will not celebrate in evil. Listen, we will rise up against the wicked and we will take a stand against evil. That's what the church of God is supposed to be. Take a stand. Philippians uh, says this, So that no one can speak a word of blame against you. You are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Let your lives shine brightly before them. This is our calling, church. Our calling is to come face to face with evil in this war of Christianity that we're fighting in and that no one can speak a word of blame against you but to live clean, innocent lives as children because we are in a dark world that is full of crooked, perverse generation but our lights are to shine brightly before all men. But we got too many Christians that have one foot in Christ and one foot in the world and you're not doing a good job in fighting this battle for us. You got one Christian, you put a face for one group of people and you put another face for another group of people and you're doing is insulting what Christ represents. I'm telling you today, it is time that we stand up, we look evil in the face and we will say, we will stand for what is true, for what is right, for what is pure, for what is holy. I'm not perfect, but my God is perfect and I will declare the word of the Lord. I will declare it. I will not celebrate with sin, I will not accept sin, I will not make my house in the house of sin but I will stand outside of sin and I will speak into evil and I will speak into wickedness and I will speak into sin that God is greater, that God can heal, that God can save, that God can redeem, that God can set them free because my God is greater. It's like watching a person with a cut that's wide open and it's getting infected and you're saying, my God, my God, that's so disgusting. Why do they continue to walk around with that nasty gash on their leg? And God's like, you have the gauge, you have the ointment, you have the wrap, Go to them, put the ointment, wrap them up so they don't have to be disgusting no more. And we sit back and say, no, 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 God, send someone else. Or you do the miracle while they're sleeping and you automatically put the ointment and put the gauze and put the wrap and they will say, God gets the glory. Listen, God is going to get the glory whether he miraculously does it in their sleep or whether you go ahead and put it because you do it in Jesus' name. Do something, stand for truth and make him known. Bite evil once and for all. What happened on my timeline on Instagram is sickening. Not because it's about homosexuality. It's sickening because it has to do with sin. Don't leave here thinking that I'm talking about homosexuality today. That's just one of the things. I'm talking about evil in general. If you're leaving here just with that in your head, you, you let the enemy steal from what I'm telling you today. I'm talking about evil. That's just one form of many forms. I was sharing a brother... I'm gonna be just. I'm gonna be honest today. I was sharing with a brother last week. I said, "Here we have Christians bashing the homosexuals. When you got those same Christians on Sunday that are addicted to porn, who's worse? They're both wrong." There was a convention. There was a convention, Christian convention in a city. Christian convention. All the pastors from all over the world came. And it's the greatest sales in hotel rooms for porn. Who's wrong? Who's wrong? Sin sin. Evil is evil. That's what we're talking about today. Don't leave here thinking about that we're talking about this one sort kind of sin. We're just talking about evil. And we're not going to accept it. We're not going to celebrate But we're going to live clean, innocent lives as children of God, in a dark world, crooked, perverse, and our, His light is to shine brightly in our lives, brightly before them." Man, I, I, I could say so much more. I don't even know where else to go. Ephesians 6:12 says this: "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers." against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm going to end here today. I'm going to ask if our worship team could come up. We're going to sing a song really quick. As we close off today, I'm going to share, if you're taking notes, write this down in your notes. I'm going to share next week on this. Write down Joshua chapter 10. Write that down. I want you to study this because I want to come back next week and I want to attack Joshua. Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 27. Study that. And next week we're going to talk about Joshua and his confrontation with evil, part part two of this, part two. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you guys some key questions before we close off today. I'm going to ask to, if you could put Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 back up. And I want to look at this over and over again. So that no one can speak a word of blame against you. Hallelujah. You know, we could look at the scripture, and we could justify our lives as much as we want. But he does it, but they do it, but she does it, but we do it, but they do it. At the end of the day, God is confronting us as individuals, and he says, so no one can speak a word of blame against you. Forget about them, you. Live clean. Live innocent. You're in a dark world, church. You're in a dark world that we've last week proclaimed war on. You guys came excited. Hey, we're going to claim war, war, but there's evil to go against. It's not going to be easy. There's a lot of war to go against. There's, there's a lot of evil to go against in this war. There's a lot of fight, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of opposition. You ready? You're going to fight in this war. You're going to take a stand for what is true. You're going to come against evil and you're going to say, well, like Ravi says, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to celebrate in it too. I'm going to do what Psalm ninety-four sixteen says. I'm going to rise up against the wicked and I'm going to rise up against evil. I'm going to stand up against it once and for all. I'm going to start disciplining myself to know the word of God so that I could start approaching things with the word of God. I'm going to start not doing just my devotionals and call it quits. I'm going to study the word of God and eat and chew on it day in and day out so I can know how to come against evil. Because five minutes won't do. 45 minutes on a Sunday won't do. Life group during the week won't do. Devotion with your family won't do. It's going to be a meditating and an eating and a chewing on this word, being in the presence of God, coming face to face with evil proclaiming Psalm ninety four sixteen, Lord, I will rise up against the wicked and I will take a stand against evil with the truth of God's word. I will not celebrate in it and I will not accept it. This is a perverse and a dark world that we're living in. But Lord, from this day forward, my life will shine brightly before the darkness. My light will shine rightly before those that are crooked, wicked, and evil. That they would not be able to speak a word of blame against me, but that I will live clean. That I would have an innocent life before them as a child of God. How many of you are ready to say amen to that? I'm going to ask you to stand and if you could close your eyes. If there's anyone that is here right now, First thing, I want to do this. If you've never accepted Jesus and you're knowing that God is calling you to this war, to live pure, to live right, that he wants to heal you, free you, deliver you, save you, redeem you, God just wants to do a miracle in your life. If that's you today and you say, I want this Jesus to take full control of my life today. I want to go to war. I want to be one of his soldiers. If that's you today, where you're at right there, can you raise your hand and say, I want Jesus. I want him. In my life for the first time first time I'm not saying if you've gotten saved 20 times already just for the first time first time if you're saying I just want Jesus right now in my life in my heart I want to make a stand I don't, I don't want this life anymore I want to live for Jesus If there's anyone here that wants to do that, I want to give that before I share the second thing this is what I want to do today maybe you stood on the other side of the fence and you say, well, this is what I defend. And this side of the fence is what I protect. But evil has come and taken that fence away and says, now we're all one. We're all together. you got to accept us and celebrate in what we accept and what we celebrate. And maybe you've been that Christian that's just stayed quiet and says, well, I'm just going to continue like this. I'm not going to say a word. I'll just pray that God does a miracle. But you know that God was tugging at your heart today. And you're saying, today I'm taking a stand against wicked. I'm coming against evil. I'm going to rise up in Christ Jesus. I will not celebrate. I will not be part of it. I will defend God's truth from this day forward. I will go to war for what God has called me to protect. With every eye closed, don't be looking around and who's going to But this is what I want you to do. If that's you today, God spoke to your heart. Can you raise your hand and say, I will defend this house. I will defend what God has called me to defend. If there's anyone here that's ready to proclaim that today. Amen. Amen. Anyone else that's willing to say, that's me. Lord, thank you for sharing that word to me. Anyone else? That you know that God was speaking to you. Anyone else? Amen. Church, Can you pray this out loud with them and with me to encourage them? If you raise your hand, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I stand before you that from this day forward I will not celebrate, accept, or ignore evil, but that I would fight for you. would rise up against it and I would proclaim your word before it give me the strength and give me the boldness daily to be blameless innocent so that I may be a light that shines before the darkness cover me in your presence cover me in your presence Seal me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together in one song. And let's ask the Lord just to...